Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. everyone happy saturday thank you for joining us at up your volume the morning show podcast where we talk about arts and living conscious and all the fun stuff in between good morning mom how have you been the past couple weeks good 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 i'm happy to be here and you know this is our 40th podcast oh i didn't know that how about that's that that's awesome and we kind have Cindy amazing here right with us. yep we have Cindy yep. O'Mare here today from Changing Habits. Um, she's going to be joining us in about half an hour. We're going to talk with her about a bunch of awesome stuff going on with her. Um, she's making this amazing film, so I definitely want to get on that. Um, and, you know, I know we haven't talked in, I guess, two weeks because you were, you were, you had your retreat. We came back for one week, and then we had the holiday. And right, then here we right. are. Yeah, we're back again. We're averaging about about two shows a month now just because of your travel schedule and my travel schedule. Um, but, you know, sometimes we end up getting four shows in a month. So I just recommend that people, you know, it's always best just to su- subscribe. You can do that mm-hmm. in iTunes or you can do it at Blog Talk Radio. So that, and then you just don't miss things. And if you miss the live air, you know, when we're on live, then you can always go back and listen at right. a later date, which, which I have to say, a lot of people do go back and listen throughout the week. So, um, and more and more people, which really jazzes my soul to see that, you know, people that aren't able to catch us live, don't hesitate um, to just catch us when it's convenient for them. Exactly. Yeah. We know, you know, we, we switched it to Saturdays because we knew more people would be around, but at the same time, if you're, you know, somebody like me that, you know, weekends are busier than, you know, this might be an opportunity for you to just listen whenever you have the time, when you're cooking or cleaning or doing whatever you got to do. Um, But yeah, happy to be back. I will be away next weekend um, at one of my best friend's weddings. I'll be back home in Philadelphia area for a little bit, which I haven't been, I was thinking about this. I don't think I've been there for a summer since before I moved here. Which would be what, five years? Almost six years in November it wow. was six years. So yeah, five five summers I haven't and, and even before that the, the last summer I spent was in Boston. So uh yeah, it's six years, six, seven years since I've been home during, you know, the summertime. Um and hopefully it won't be like ninety five to hundred and ten degrees. Well the good uh, news is it's not really summer officially yet, so hopefully global warming doesn't have it too hot. But 
you know, I'm leaving on Sunday to drive to Boston, uh, your old stomping grounds. And, um, yeah, super excited. And the humidity in every city that I'm going to from here across the United States is at like 75% or more already. And we're only in June people. Yeah. Like June 3rd. It's crazy. Yeah, who knows what you'll have. But no matter what, you have a good friend getting married. You're going to perform at the wedding, which is nice. You're going to sing. It's awesome. Very excited about that. Um, And, yeah, I I, I wanted to spend some time today talking a little bit about um, Ariana Grande's concert in Manchester, which, as you guys know or or have heard, that there was a terrorist bombing there. Um, Attack leaving 22 dead and, I believe, 110 injured. Um, I, I just was kind of in shock um, that that hearing this news, I, I totally came out of left field for me. I was like, wow, I, you know, that's crazy. I actually know a, a few of her band members, um, and it's just it's just so sad to me. I mean, the kid, um, the, the the actual bomber's name was Salomon Abdi, and he was um, 22 years old, had so much life left to live. And, you know, who knows what really, you know, what went on in his life to make him um, believe in doing this or, you know, what what made him want to do this. But um, it just makes me sad for his family, obviously, and for him um, to lose his life at such a young age. Um, but, you know, I'm, ha- I'm happy that, you know, basically she's coming back and she's she's been visiting all of the injured fit- fans and patients that are in the hospitals in Manchester and um, spending a lot of time with them in the past two weeks. Um, she actually just is uh, doing this huge concert that'll air um, live on June 4th, which is Sunday. It'll be on Freeform, which was actually formerly ABC Family. They just switched over to Freeform. It'll be 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, so make sure you check that out. The concert's going to donate all of the net proceeds to the victims and the families affected by this attack. It's going to um, feature artists like Justin Bieber, Katy Perry, Coldplay, Miley Cyrus, and a bunch more. It's going to be a really long benefit concert. Um, you know, I'm just sad. It's just scary. You know, it's, it's I mean, yes, well, it, why it happened. Have to, at a venue where there's mostly kids. I mean, really? Mm-hmm. That's well, what I don't understand. Why are we, why are we targeting the youth? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it, it, like I said, it blew my mind. I was I was really in shock to hear about it. And, um, you know, she had just finished her last song a couple of minutes before it and as people are leaving, which is when, you know, crowds and waves of people are going to be coming outside is when it happened. So, I mean, you know, 22 dead, 116 injured. I mean, we're looking at like 130 people that were affected by this, you know, and, and it's just, a lot. Not just directly affected. You know, the ripple down right. that is thousands. You know, it's it's endless. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, I just I, I I look more at at the actual suicide bomber. I'm like, what you know makes them? Is it? You know, I just don't know what makes them think that you know it's okay or or you know I just feel bad because there's obviously something a little off. Obviously, um, for that to even cross your mind or have somebody let you think those actions, you know, would bring some type of justice or, you know, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, so check out the benefit concert tomorrow. Um, I do believe there's websites as well. If you want to donate um, to the victims and their families. 
Uh, so check that out. Uh, I think it's going to be awesome. I actually, you know, Ariana Grande's got a great voice, as you know, as you guys know, when I was on TV, I had to play Ariana Grande, which is really funny. So that, you know, it's called the One Love Concert, and I just wanted to make sure everyone tuned in or knew that they could donate as well. Um, Cali Ruth Festival was in uh, Monterey last weekend, um, last week. It ended on the 28th. A headliner was Nas and Soja, uh, Dirty Heads, Thievery Corporation, a bunch of awesome, awesome, awesome acts. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be your reggae kind of, you know, just jam, music and arts festival, a bunch of fun booths and vendors that were there, a lot of artists. Um, so the recap, if you guys check out all these photos and, and videos, there's a bunch of stick figures that they make, um, but a bunch of cool stuff. It's kind of like, you know, a new, a new festival that's really taking off. It's in a beautiful location in Monterey, and it's just awesome. Um, so I definitely wanted our playlist to reflect some of the artists that were featured at Cali Roots Festival, starting with Nas as your headliner. Um, if I ruled the world, it's coming in at number one. I'm actually starting at the top today. That was not on purpose, but I'm rolling with it. <laughs> um, and then Jurassic mm-hmm. Five coming in at number two with What's Golden. Uh, Jurassic Five has been around. I mean, both Nas and Jurassic Five has been around since you know late '80s, and they've been huge in like old school hip hop as well as crossing over into modern, still releasing records and um, still you know, getting on the charts. So they've just been around forever. My cousin Billy actually saw Jurassic Five last night at Red Rocks and said it was just amazing. They were with Moet. Um, so anyway, Jurassic Five coming in number two is What's Golden. Number three, Soja. Soja's one of the most, like, chill, grooved out, funky reggae bands of all time. Um, they're coming in with Bad News off their newest record. Um, bad News is a bad song. It's amazing. So check it out. Um, Soja coming in at number three with that. You know, this band is just now coming onto the map in my world. Um, for some of you, they may, you may have heard of them for a while. Um, but the Thievery Corporation, uh, they were said to be, you know, one of the best acts of the entire three-day span. So Thievery Corporation coming I in with... Them. I saw them at the really? Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, I saw oh, them at the awesome. Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, awesome. Super cool. Yeah, Letter to the Editor featuring Raquel Jones. The song, I listened to um, Thief Rockers, which is a really big song that they had. I listened to a couple of their hits, but um, this song spoke a little more to me, a little more upbeat kind of reggae, a little more um, unique. I think Raquel's voice is really awesome, and um, yeah, I I love that song. So coming in number four is Thievery Corporation with Letter to the Editor. Uh, Dirty Heads, number five. I put it at number five. Really? Yeah, I love Dirty Heads. Uh Uh-huh. So they were said to be the best band of the entire entire, uh, three-day span. They were said to be the number one live show, Um, which, by the way, guys, I'm I'm mentioning five acts. There was millions of acts there. I mean, not really millions, but there was a tens of acts there and they, you know, they're all names and artists that you are familiar with and that I'm sure would put on a fantastic live show. So I'm just kind of pinpointing the ones that I love the best and the songs that I think would be really great to start out your going into summer playlist. So that's what I went with, but check out the recap. Like I said, you know, there's 
there's a lot of stuff to cover. There's the stick figures I told you about. There's all the art that was done, all the artists. They have artists of the week that they recapped. Um, they go over the acoustic sets that were there, like Anthony B. And if you guys don't know, um, Hyrie, she's huge and had amazing, huge crowds. So, like I said, you know, I didn't even talk about Ayaterra. I mean, there's so many people that were huge and revolutionary in, in this kind of jam band meets reggae world that um, definitely have to check out their lineup. Um, but Dirty Head's coming in at number five with Bum Slow or Burn Slow featuring Tech Nine. Uh, you guys know I'm a big Tech Nine fan, so I have to sift through some of the Dirty Heads. So I found, you know, a cool collaboration and um, this song really took the prize for me. So Burn Slow coming in at number five. Um, that's what I have for you guys today. I know it was short, but I, I normally have a lot to go over, but um, it's been a really crazy week for me. We just moved into a house and in this time period that, you know, I haven't talked with you guys and we've been really excited about that, but also with a house comes different things that you don't even plan for. Um, like the fact that our dogs are in a you know new environment and it's a little stressful and, and just things can happen at any moment. And our, both of our dogs ended up getting crazy situations happening to them. Um, and our, you know, one is completely recovered. The one is just now on the road to recovery, but it has been a crazy week for me. So um, due to that, I, I don't have much material today, but what I do have is some awesome stuff. So just a reminder to check out um, the Manchester One Love Ariana Grande special on June 4th. It will broadcast live on Freeform, which, like I said, was formerly ABC Family. That'll be 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, and, yeah, and check out the playlist that I have for you guys. And what, what's going on with you, Mom? Well, that's great. I'm really excited to hear about that concert. I figured that something would happen, and I'm just grateful that, you know, she seems to have so much big-name support that can hopefully help to, you know, money doesn't change the outcome, but hopefully it can it can help ease the burden of whatever, whose ever lives have been affected by that horrific nightmare. You know, Absolutely. you talk about what motivates people to do stuff like that, and, you know, a lot of times, you know, mental illness comes into play, but... Mm-hmm. You know, terrorism and cults and organizations and things like that, you know, they're usually games of the psyche. And, right. um, you know, the people at the helm, you know, know exactly what they're doing. And it's manipulation, you know, mind manipulation. And, um, you know, you just don't know. Um, but I can tell you that someone I went to high school with who was always just a little different um, last year, Uh, He ended up having, yeah, I remember he ended up, he actually dated my sister for a while. He ended up um, had having Huntington's disease, which causes some mental psychological issues. And um, he ended up being killed by the police because he believed that um, Sarah, I forget Uh, who. No, no, no. Um, Oh my goodness. Gravity. Um, uh, it's an artist. Um, yeah. A famous artist that she was meant to be with him. Like he had delusional thoughts about her. And, you know, even though he had, you know, a Sarah loving Borellis. family. Sarah Bareilles, right. A loving family, a support system, a known disease, a healthcare team. You know, it still wasn't enough to keep his actions, you know, controlled. So um, he drove a car into like, 
a busy intersection, you know, attempting to not only kill himself, but other people and was shot um, by the police. And like, this is someone I know and you never think. So it's really hard to figure out, you know, what it is that causes people to do such heinous crimes. Um, But I do feel that, you know, television and the media constantly showing this stuff and almost glamorizing it um, helps to almost lay some groundwork or set intention, um, you know, for people that maybe aren't thinking so clearly. So that part, I feel like we have a moral responsibility to look at to some degree, you know, what our media portrays and how they portray it. Right, right. You know, um, I wanted to talk briefly about two things. One is uh, I'm super lucky that this week I got to spend time with my hero mentor and friend, Dr. Terry Walls. And, you know, she reminded me of something that, I feel like if I constantly need to be reminded by her, which it seems like every time I'm with her, which is a couple times a year, she reminds me uh, that maybe, you know, some of our listeners need to be reminded. And uh, what I'm talking about is that when most of my MS attacks uh, and exacerbations of sickness that have been the most debilitating for me have always been related to temperature. So I've either been in the snow and very cold or in below freezing temps, or I have been in extreme heat and humidity, very high humidity typically. And right. um, that was the reason why I moved to Venice Beach, California. It was because um, I do not have the ability to regulate my own body temperature and the air conditioning and heat doesn't change that outcome. Uh, so once my core elevates or once my core gets cold, it stays that way until it's ready to not be like that. Um, sure. I can put ice packs on and I can take steps to try and change that outcome. But most of the time, once I'm overheated, nothing changes that outcome. Um, I can do things to prevent it from happening, which is stay indoors in air conditioning, stay inside when it's cold, and which means limited quality of life. Um, but one of the things that Dr. Walls writes about in her book, The Walls Protocol, is infrared sauna. And as someone who's traveling the United States and living out of a suitcase for over a year now, there's many people's homes that I go to, Dr. Walls' home in particular, a few friends, a couple people in the mm-hmm. community that I serve they've been in infrared sauna and they're like, why don't you get in the sauna? And they're like, Oh, it's different than the steam sauna. And everyone has these reasons why I should give it a try, which I've been hesitant to, but I've gotten pretty close. So I was with Dr. Walls this week and I said to her, I'm just afraid. And she's like, well, you should be afraid. And I was like, I should. And she's like, <laughs> yeah, me. Just because I wrote about it in the book doesn't mean you can do it. We all have to, the book is a template. We all have to listen to our own body. And if your body is still heat and cold, if it's temperature sensitive, it's probably always going to be temperature sensitive. So you should probably Mm -hmm. never be in hot tubs, saunas, anything like that. And you should still continue doing what you're doing because my real healing didn't happen until I, I moved West and that, you know, and then, you know, many steps from there, but um, by living in the temperature and, and my tour follows temperature. So, I usually try and get to a community when the weather's between 75 and 55. Uh, so I don't need heat or air conditioning. You know, a window open usually is sufficient. Um, and it was just a reminder that whether it's an autoimmune protocol, whether you're seeing a nutritionist and you're just trying to eat healthy, whether it is a GAPS diet, whether it is the WALS protocol, whether you're doing a Candida diet, all of those things 
are templates. You still have to honor and respect your body and the messages from it. Uh, and we never go a podcast without our dogs. And you have two there and I have two today. So it could really be a huge doggy outburst at any moment for our listeners. Um, but we love our dogs. So they're allowed to do that. Um, but the message is, is that your body is a template. And sometimes, like even when you do 30-day challenges, and I wrote a blog about this, I think 30-day challenges suck because I was doing like a 30-day squat challenge, and even though my body was telling me like you're overdoing it or this isn't a good look, I still kept doing it because I thought pain meant success, and that's not true. Pain means you're not paying attention to your body and living in harmony. So at the end of the day, if you sign up for a challenge or if you're doing a protocol or whatever it is, if your body is telling you this isn't feeling good, you have to pay attention to that. Your body saying it's not feeling good isn't usually a sign that it's working. Right. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about that. And, you know, remember that, you know, the only way to tap your miracle, wake up with joy every day, have your body perform mentally and physically the way you want it is to live a conscious life. So if you're living consciously and you're not living an autopilot existence, then at the end of the day, you are talking to your body and you are listening and waiting for answers. So, um, and I am that person, you know, that's why I was hesitant, but I still felt pressure. I felt pressure. Like I'm supposed to do this. So even though I'm conscious and everything, I felt pressure and really, you know, I'm just reminding everyone that pressure we don't need to feel pressure. Peer pressure, even as an adult, isn't a good look. Um, it's it's what it's what you you can successfully navigate. That's that's what's going to work. Um, and then last but not least, I wanted to briefly touch upon my tour because I'm getting ready tomorrow to drive across the United States again. Um, actually, the first place I'll be staying is with Dr. Terry Walls and her beautiful wife uh, for three days, and then um, you know so on and so forth. I'll be making my way all the way to Boston and then coming back. But what I wanted to really talk to people about for anyone that doesn't know about my tour it is a grassroots movement of consciousness. And all you have to do is request that um, I come and live with you. And um, we leading by example, will plow through whatever objectives for my visit you have that are regarding uh, consciousness, the autopilot of life and, um, it's really an amazing, it's an amazing journey. I leave a different person. The people I leave are a different person. We will build a grassroots community in your area to support your journey. Um, in addition, I arrive with uh, 11 vendors who support my wellness journey that will help me inspire you on your journey. And I am right now looking for um, places in October, not October, November in the Texas, state of Texas. And December in Florida. These are repeat visits because they're both big states. And I didn't get to everywhere that I wanted to go to last time. So if you reside in the state of Texas or Florida, please reach out to me at V. You can email me directly, V at paleobosslady.com. That's the letter V as in Victoria at paleobosslady.com. Or you can go to any of my social media, paleobosslady, and private message me. Um, All of my work is free or donation-based. It's a no-judgment tour. And even if I can't live with you for whatever reason, I will still come. So don't let anything stop you from reaching out because we can figure it out. And um, I'm here to serve the community. That's what I do. And that's really all I have. Yeah, that's the latest and greatest from this peanut gallery. 
I know. I'm not going to see you for like six weeks. I know. I know. But it's going to be all right. You're going to be all right. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) I'm going to be all right. Thanks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Everybody's going to be fine. Well, the worst was when I did the tour last September, it was five months I was on the road. So at least we're not doing that anymore. But I saw you in October. Yeah, but just one day, two days. You know, we're not going to do long. You know, now, I mean, I'll do a long, like I'll, I'll be gone October, November, December. But other than that, um, you know, I'm trying not to keep them too, too long anymore. Right, right. Well, let's go to a commercial break. Um, when we come back, we'll be talking with Cindy. I can't wait. Cindy of Changing Habits, who also did What's With Wheat, uh, my friend, hero, and another mentor in the conscious living world. So I can't wait to get her on. Awesome, awesome. These are actually our sponsors for the Taking It to This Resource. Oh, and did we even talk about Paleo Magazine? Oh, I don't think we did. You have to announce your big news. What the hell are we doing? Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm super excited and proud that um, Paleo Boss Lady Taking It to the Street Store was in the top three for Best New Idea for Best of Paleo, Paleo Magazine. Yay, right? That's really huge. So awesome. Yeah, it's uh-huh. huge. And we also ranked in top three for Best Blog in Health and Wellness for the Best of Paleo, Paleo Magazine. And I also was noted in Curve Magazine as women they love under media and publishing. So three big honors from communities that I respect. And I'm just proud that they um, are receiving my work so well and believe in in its message. It, It just really means the world to me. So thanks for that reminder, daughter. Of course. No, I'm so proud of you. And, um, you know, we, we also thank you listeners because we know a lot of the people that are reading your blog are tuning in and, um, you know, and, and voting and all that yeah. stuff. So thank you guys as well. And mom, keep killing it. And here is a uh, message from two of our sponsors, two of her sponsors on the Taking Up the Street Store. Up Your Volume Morning Show Podcast and the Taking the Streets Tour are brought to you by Nativa. We would like to thank our good friends at Nativa for their support of the Taking It to the Streets Tour. We can't say enough about Nativa products. We adore that Nativa is committed to nurturing vitality by consciously curating the world's finest plant-based organic ingredients. In fact, most of the dishes in our house found on our kitchen table are made possible by the fine products from Nativa. For more information on all of their products, go to www.nativa.com. That's N-U-T-I-V-A.com. And Palm Done Right. You've probably heard the horror stories about palm oil. Orphaned orangutans, rainforests destroyed, Smoldering fires that pollute the air? Thankfully, that is not all there is to this tale. There's another happier story that is yet to be told. One where farmers are empowered and communities thrive. One where animals and people are healthy. Where the land flourishes with diversity. And it's called Palm Done Right. Our good friends at Natural Habitats are committed to supporting the community with Palm Done Right. And we are honored to have them supporting the Taking It to the Street Store. To learn more, please head to www.palmdunright.com. Again, that's palmdunright.com. 
Once again, for more information that you want to find out about the Taking It to the Streets tour, or if you want to subscribe to Paleo Boss Lady's blog, all that can be found at paleobosslady.com, or also some social media sites as well, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, and I, do you have a Twitter? You have a Twitter. I do. I, I mean, it's there, but it's not really. It's Facebook and Instagram where I hang, where all the cool kids hang. Okay, awesome. And then um, anything that you want to find out about where I'll be performing, um, which as I let you guys know, I'm going to be out of town until the 12th, and then I start back up again uh, performing on the 15th. And this week, um, I mean, this month, actually, I have back-to-back shows a lot of the night. So if you can't catch me at one time and location, you can try to catch me at the second time and location. Um, So all that can be found at nikki dash Beauvais. Dot com or again at all social media sites at Nikki Beauvais um, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, so just wanted to mention that we are also welcoming our guest from Changing Habits, Miss Cindy O'Meara. Good morning. Good morning. Hello, gorgeous. How are you? I'm good, V. So good to hear you, uh, especially uh, after our beautiful dinner last uh, what was it a couple of nights ago with um, Dr. Terry Walls. It was. It was such a wonderful dinner. Thank you for connecting us. Wasn't that great? And we had Dr. Will Cole with us, right? Yeah, he was amazing. He Mm. is amazing. Yeah. No, I came home on such a high from that night. Um, And I like ran after dinner because uh, (laughs) Dr. Walsh, well, she was, you know, she's very, um, uh, you know, this time to this time, everything is very sort of scheduled and, she was very clear to tell me I need to end at seven V I need to. So that's why I sort of ran. I don't want to get in trouble since I'm going to be living with her in a couple of days. Um, but it was, I know it was so great to see. And you've actually, uh, you're, you're here and um, it, what everyone is doing in town in LA is there's, it's the functional medicine symposium, right? Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, with some amazing speakers. Yesterday I listened to Dr. Terry Walls and Dr. David Perlmutter, who are both in my documentary, and I just thought, you know, I've only ever interviewed them. I've never seen them um, both speak. Uh, oh, wow. So, yeah, so it was, well, I'd actually, that's a lie. I actually saw David in Australia. Um, he is such a good speaker. They both, he really they both, is. Oh, yeah, and they both have humour, and they both, put together um, a really good argument for real food. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, they did talk nothing much about supplements. It was all about, you know, we got to get back to real food. So they're speaking my speak and I, you know, my father always says, I like that man. He thinks like I do. Isn't that great? <laughs> well, you know, it's so amazing, you know, changing habits. When did you officially start changing habits? I feel like you've been in this space since even before you went to school because you knew you wanted to get, a major in nutrition. Um, yeah. yeah but look, you, you're a pioneer for a lot of us in the real food movement. Yeah, it's been going a long time. So I graduated 33 years ago this year. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I've been a nutritionist for that long, but I knew what I wanted to do probably when I was 19. I went to the University of Colorado in Boulder and got very much into the hiking scene and the skiing scene. But also Boulder was a real um, place where celestial seasonings had started and there was organic restaurants and everything was kind of happening in Boulder in the nutrition field back in the, the early 1980s. But what really turned me 
to want to be a nutritionist as opposed to any other professional because I was doing pre-med at the time. Okay. Was a gentleman by the name of uh, Dr. Van Gerven. He was a, at the University of Colorado and he taught anthropology. And it intrigued me that it was all about our adaptation uh, to the landscape and the food that we consumed that allowed us to be where we are today. And I thought, well, if it is, been it's it's gone through time it's thousands of years old we understand how we ate that surely should be the way we're eating now and so I thought well I'll become a dietitian so I went back to Australia and I went to the university Deakin University in Warren Ponds which was uh, one of the only places that did dietetics in those and I finished my Bachelor of Science majoring in nutrition and was about to go into my final year to become a registered dietitian and when nothing that I'm being taught, I agree with. I don't agree with any of it. I <laughs> don't agree with the food service, the food science, the, uh, the, the whole nutritional thing, the peg feeding, the, um, the types of food, margarine, low fat, uh, no salt. I, it just didn't make any sense because it had nothing to do with our historical perspective. It had everything to do with science as we saw it back in the 80s. And right. looking down the barrel of a microscope and declaring that salt caused hypertension or butter caused heart disease or eggs caused when I knew we'd been eating them with my historical perspective and my cultures, my understanding of cultures and anthropology, it made no sense. And so I thought, well, I can't be a dietitian. And I didn't know that you could just be a nutritionist. So I went back mm-hmm. to university for another two years and did human anatomy because um, I felt I didn't know enough about the body. And I cut up cadavers, did pathology, astrology, embryology, bio, you know, everything to do with anology I did. Mm-hmm. And at the mm-hmm. end of it, I went, dead bodies that I'm worried about, it's the live ones. And it was at that point that I, I had realized I could be just a nutritionist. I didn't have to be a registered dietitian. And I kind of created a, a practice that was based on real foods and eating from scratch and not touching margarine, eating salt, but good salt, mm-hmm. um, being mindful of how much wheat you eat. Know, hey, guys, you're having it for breakfast, morning, afternoon tea and dinner. Let's have more variety. And I guess mm-hmm. that's how it all, it all started. It was um, me just pushing where I wanted to go, but not realizing where I was going. But, meeting people along the way. So Bernard Jensen was a huge mentor of mine. When he was 80, he came to Australia and I went to a week-long conference um, that he was speaking at. And um, he he was all about the same thing as what I was thinking. So I thought, I'm on the right track. Somebody else is thinking like I'm thinking. So uh, I continued. So one person, you know, because really it couldn't have been, you you, you were definitely on the outside of the cultural norm at that time doing this. So to find one person was enough to drive you to just keep going, which is huge. Yeah. You know, amazing. I, it is amazing. Now, what, 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 what point did you say to yourself, I need to do a documentary film called what's with wheat? <laughs> oh, well, uh, so I've written quite a few books. There's a lot to writing books. People out there that, that know what it's like it's 
if you write it, then you read it, and then there's new evidence, and you change it, and then it goes to the editor, and uh, and it's it's a it's a long process. So uh, when I found out about um, the issue with wheat, and the reason I found out about the issue with wheat was, was something that happened to me. So you know, for 33 years, I know how to feed myself. I make everything from scratch. I ferment my breads. Um, you know, I was making from yeast. I wasn't actually doing sourdoughs at that point. I was, but I was making my own breads from organic um, wheat. I made all of my kids' foods. Um, I, I, that's how I ate, and I lived very healthy. I never had an antibiotic in my whole life. Never had a anti-inflammatory. Never had a any medication, and I. So I knew how to keep myself healthy. So towards the end of my 40s, and most people at this stage would be saying, oh, well, you're breaking down and, you know, you should, this is what really happens. But I didn't agree with that I should be breaking down. So I started to put on weight despite eating the same diet that I'd been eating since my 20s. I got a very sore low back pain. I'd had it for about 18 months. And my husband's a chiropractor and my father's a chiropractor and my sister's a chiropractor and none of them... Mm could figure out what was happening. I had sore right hip pain and I'd had a friend who just had a hip replacement and I was thinking, I'm going to go, I'm getting towards that because I'm in so much pain with this right hip. I had aching joints, tightness in my throat and at three in the morning for no reason, like you just wake up and you just, I don't know, just go into a state of anxiety about some silly issue. And um, I had dry skin where if I got into a chlorine pool, I would scratch myself crazy because my skin would just be so irritated. My hair was dry and I could go on, but you can see the Mm -hmm. picture. I was ending up not in a good way. So being a nutritionist, what all nutritionists would do, they go on something that's to do with food. So I did an elimination protocol and I eliminated everything but meat and vegetables and a few fruits. That's all. And in three weeks, I lost all the weight all my aches and pains, no more sore back, right hip pain disappeared completely, uh, no more anxiety, unbelievable clarity of mind where my mind was like blowing me away with how clearly I could see things and understand concepts. And it was, um, my girlfriend thought I was on drugs, actually. She just used to look at me and go, oh my gosh, Cindy, I've never seen you like this. Wow. <laughs> So um, I started to then, you know, I wasn't going to just live on meat and veg and fruit. I wanted, I enjoyed baking and cooking and I wanted to eat more foods. And, and so I started to introduce foods back into the diet and I started with more fats and more of the foods I was eating. And then I went into like root vegetables and, and there was a slow increase in what I was doing. And then I decided um, that I would try bread. So, and I love bread because I made my own I love and at that that stage I'm making sourdough bread so I tried bread and within 24 hours I woke up that next morning I had gained um, about one and a half pound uh, which you can't do in fat it had to be water Uh Uh, my sore back came back Uh, my brain was foggy I felt like I'd been drinking all night Uh, I just all of that that I had disappeared in that three-week period came back almost immediately. And then I started to question, well, what, what could it have been? 
what, and, and it came down to that it was wheat. And so mm-hmm. I spent the next three years understanding it. This was before Wheat Belly came out. This was before Grain Brain. But there was a gentleman by the name of Dr. Tom O'Brien that was on Sean Croxton's um, show, who, used, who was on Blog Talk Radio, I believe, mm-hmm. who um, I listened to his, his interview and um, he was talking about how wheat can affect migra- from migraines. And I had had migraines as well. And, and I thought, wow, this guy's really interesting. I need to find out more about what he's talking about. And so from there... It just became this cascade of information about wheat and gluten and gliadin. And then Dr. Alicia Fasano came into my life and, and all of those people. And, and at the end of it, um, my husband said to me, well, Cindy, what um, are you going to do with this information? Are you going to write another book? And I went, no, right. <laughs> I don't want to write another book. Um, but what I did do is I wrote a protocol of exactly what I did. And that in our changinghabits.com.au website has become the biggest seller that we have because it is so amazingly um, life-changing. It educates Mm -hmm. the body as to the food it can eat. So it's not just about is wheat your problem, it could be something else. And other people have indicated that eggs are their problem and they can't eat eggs without having to do an IgG or an IgM test, which is sometimes, you know or an IgA test, which is sometimes easier, but this really educates the body. So he said to me, why don't you do a documentary? And I thought, well, that could be fun. I don't know anything about it, but that could be fun. (laughs) And so he gave me, yeah, that's what I saw it as. I saw it as like, oh, my gosh, I can do that. Surely I can do that, you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So in my town, I found a gentleman that had made documentaries uh, thank goodness, you know, because he really guided me. And um, we, what was amazing is that I chose people who I wanted. And the day before Christmas, or really on Christmas Eve, I sent out a video explaining my story very briefly and how they had been my mentors. And that was like Natasha Campbell McBride and Terry Walls and Dave mm-hmm. Perlmutter and um, um uh, who else was there? Oh, Sayed Jai, because he'd written a whole thing on wheat. Um, Stephanie Seneff, because she talks about, you know, using glyphosate as a desiccant on wheat. And so all of these people had been my mentors. And so I sent this video out to them and, and asked them, would they like to be in it? And within 24 hours, Terry Walls, Natasha Campbell McBride uh, had said yes. It was like, oh, my gosh, two of yeah. my biggest have said yes. And, and then it went from there. I then told everybody else that these people had said yes. And, uh, and then Saya Jai came on and Stephanie Seneff and Vandina Shiva was, uh, gosh, she was an amazing, amazing woman. She came on board and, um, and then and it went from there. The only one who, who said no to me was the author of um, Wheat Valley. So, um, so he was the weird. only one. Yeah, he was the only one who said, look, I'm, I'm working on a, a project like it. Um, and I have seen one and uh, there was a lot of negativity um, about his work in it. So obviously it was a, like a magazine program and I, I was really disappointed for him because for me what he came out with was part of the whole story. Right. Um, yeah. So wow. that was, that's the story of why I, I did this documentary. And, 
and I managed to interview everybody. Um, we had it transcribed. I highlighted the most important things. I got that down to five hours. That's a long documentary. Yeah. Um, then I highlighted again. That got down to two and a half hours. And then I highlighted again and we got it. Um, we ended up getting an editor to piece it all together. Uh, and I wasn't happy with how he pieced it together. And I went to my you know, producer and I just said, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's not in sequence. He hasn't understood the story. And I was nearly in tears. I thought, this oh. is all this work I've done, and he has created an absolute debacle over it. But as my producer said to me, he said, Cindy, is everything in there that you want? And I said, yes, it's all in there, but it's out of sequence. It's not making sense. He said, I want you to put it in sequence, and this is how I want you to do it. So that's what I did. I sat down for a whole day, and I sequenced it and bit-pieced it and put it where I wanted it to be which we then did, and, and when I saw it, it only needed a few more tweaks, and I had tears in my eyes. I went, it's working, you know? Mm-hmm. It, you know so when you think you've, it's all destroyed and you put all this work into it, it just takes somebody who was the gentleman who started me on this whole um, documentary understanding, um, who is our director, who's Justin Brown is his name. He was, he was just and um, now it's on Netflix, North America. Yeah, it's just set <laughs> so what, May 21st on Netflix? Yeah, yeah. Just so, so congratulations on that. That's I'm so good. I can tell you that there's already talk about it in some of the private Facebook rooms, people that are watching it, um, and how much they love it, and they're sharing how much they love it. So I actually um, had someone private message me and ask me to thank you on behalf of herself and her family because they watched it as a family and it really helped her family to understand the reasons why some of the choices she's making. Because, you know, some people, I don't know if you see this in your country, Cindy, but in America, um, people see gluten intolerance as a fad. Mm. Yes, it's exactly the same. It's unbelievable. Like, you can go to a restaurant and I'll say, um, can I have a gluten-free menu? And they'll look at me and be like, well, do you have celiac? And I'm like, no, but that doesn't mean I can't tolerate gluten. Like, why? I'm always like, why are you asking me if I have celiac, if I want a gluten-free menu? <laughs> like, yeah, are you judging they, me? Or what I know, they do mean? exactly the same in Australia. If you say, um, I'm intolerant to gluten, they'll go, oh, do you have celiac? And I said, no, my husband does, but I don't. But we choose to eat this way. And don't, you know, and, and the thing is, is that even the dietitians in Australia, and I do believe here in America may be exactly the same, are saying that it's a fad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's what people don't realize that, that we have eaten wheat successfully for thousands and thousands of years. In actual fact, we've eaten grain uh, for a long time. In Australia, the Australian Aboriginal people, the indig- our Indigenous, there's a belief that they've been eating grain for about 110,000 years. Wow. They, they can definitely trace it to 60,000 years, but they believe it's a lot longer. But the thing about, and I, I want to give you this story because I think it's really important, is that grain is an inherently inflammatory food it has to be treated with respect it has to be 
made into a ferment or some sort of slurry in order for it to not cause inflammatory issues. And the Australian Aboriginal people knew this and they ate um, a seed grass, which is what grain is, is a seed grass called nardu. Now, nardu has to be cooked. The Australian Aboriginal people knew this. They had to soak it, cook it, crush it, or sorry, soak it, um, crush it, wash it, cook it. That was, they knew that that's what they had to do. It was their culture and tradition that mm-hmm. told them that that's, this is what they had to do. Now, science tells us today that Nadu has something in it that will stop not only the absorption, but the utilisation of vitamin B. So you die a slow death of a B deficiency, rickets or uh, not rickets, okay. um, pellagra or beriberi or something like that. Now, our explorers that came to Australia 200 years ago saw that the Australian Aboriginal people ate nardu and believed that they could eat nardu but didn't know how to prepare it. So they would kill the animals, such as the kangaroo or the emu or whatever was available to them. They would eat the animal. They would have water available to them. And they knew because of the scurvy um, epidemic that they needed something fresh. And Australian Aboriginals collecting the nardu and assumed they could eat it. And we had three of our, uh, two of our explorers pass away as a result of eating nadu. Wow. Before wow. they realized that it had to be treated with respect. Now, grain and wheat particularly, because that's a food that we eat breakfast, morning tea, lunch, afternoon tea, dinner, and even when we wake up at midnight, we might have that leftover pizza, uh, is not treated with respect, um, right. number one. So we're not doing what our culture and tradition showed us, which was a very slow ferment, um, a slow-making um, bacteria would help uh, ferment and digest the protein that could have been um, a, an issue digestion. And then when we eat it, we should have an amazing microbiome um, that helps us digest it. And is we taken away the respect of this mm-hmm. food. We've taken away culture and tradition. We eat it all the time. We've taken out the germ and the brand. We've added synthetic vitamins and mined minerals. Uh, we, yeah, we've done all of this, plus the wheat is being sprayed with a chemical that destroys the bacteria in our gut, which then doesn't let us digest not only foods and now we're seeing an increase in allergies and yep. food sensitivities and intolerances and um, autoimmune diseases and all of these things that are happening due to the fact um, that what we've done to the wheat is creating an absolute train wreck um, in the human body and in especially the digestive tract. That's an interesting story and you know my um I'm excited. You have a TEDx coming up. And in, in my TEDx, that's one of the things that I really talked about was the role the culture plays in consciousness. And when I was deciding how I was going to transition no longer eating gluten and respect my Italian culture, which has gluten in every meal, I went back to Italy to where it all originated to find out what were the important 
elements of food preparation. And, um, you know, I think a lot of times people discount the role that culture plays in our food and also the preparation, you know, the methods that they used and also the products. Um, they, my family was farm to table. It was my yeah. mother that changed that narrative because microwaves and fast food and things like that became more prevalent. But prior to my parents, it was farm to table. They grew everything in their backyard. And um, if you go to Italy, that's what you see. I mean, my daughter and I, when we went there just recently, um, you know, the gardens look exactly like the same gardens that our parents, our, our grandparents and our ancestors brought to America. They look exactly the same. They plant the same thing, the same flowers. They, um, but here we have me and my daughter. The, those those cultural traditions are lost. They're mm-hmm. gone. Right. Mm-hmm. They have been lost. And, yeah. And that, that's why I believe we think that we have to genetically modify food to feed a starving world or a you know a, a world that is growing in population. But if each one of us grew um, some of our foods in our backyard. Uh, and if our councils started to grow food trees, citrus trees in mm-hmm. some tree or something, if we started to grow food trees in our councils and our landscapes, then we would take the burden off um, the agricultural industry. Uh, and, and especially, you know, Pete Evans in the documentary, who's just the most beautiful man of fantastic. Love him. Yeah, I love him. He says something very poignant and he says, if we didn't use the land for foods that are low in nutrition, such as our wheat, our sugar, our soya. So he names those three, which, you know, are are three um, foods that we use a lot of the land for those three foods. And we used it for more energy dense foods. Um, but then we wouldn't need to eat as much of these foods. And I noticed that, you know, when I went off wheat, and I've been off it now, I'm 57 now, so I've been off wheat for seven years, that my diet, instead of, um, say, eating a piece of bread with an egg on top of it for breakfast, I would eat, uh, eat a salad with leftover vegetables, roasted vegetables from the night before with eggs, and um, I might put some goat's feta on it. it it's most delicious breakfast right so you know and it I don't eat lunch I don't even think about lunch I'll find myself getting to four or five o'clock and think oh yeah I'm ready for dinner now but not start I'm not starving because one of the things that we now understand is that when we eat these types of foods we use different energy sources we just don't use our quick energy source which is sugar we actually start to burn our fats and produce our ketones um, which we have, you know, if somebody's got fat on them, you've got days and days, maybe weeks, months of um, available food to you. So we start to switch between using sugars and fats um, as our energy sources instead of always wanting sugar. So if you're having a breakfast that is a breakfast cereal, you're going to be hankering for food at 10.30 because you're going to have used up your, your sugar reserve. And... Um, and midday and then morning tea, I mean afternoon tea and then dinner and then, um, and then you wake up at midnight and you, that's why you're in the fridge eating um, pizza is because 
you're using up your sugar reserves. Right. Yep. Sugar as fuel doesn't last very long. It doesn't no, last very long. It doesn't. And and we store fat. Like mm-hmm. it's an evolutionary reason why we store fat. We store it for the lean months of winter. But there are no lean months of winter here in the US, I notice. I notice that that grocery store is always um, open 24 right. hours a day, seven days a week. We can it's get incredible. anything that we want from any part of the world. There's no seasonal eating. There's no local eating. There's no... Nope. And I think that when we look at our cultures and traditions and we realize it was culture and tradition that enabled us uh, to adapt to an environment and to the food that we consumed and survive to this day without science, um, without the understanding of how to manipulate a food, we survived really well without heart disease, cancer, diabetes, autoimmune disease, um, and all of the things. And even if you go back to the hunter-gatherers, um, or the agriculturalists like the Australian Aboriginal people who were in their landscape for thousands of years up until 200 years ago, just 200 years ago. And they had none of the infectious diseases that we saw in urbanised um, areas such as England or Europe. Um, so they didn't even have what um, those countries had. So, you know, it's, it's about us going, all right, we live in a modern world. We have to deal with that. But let, let, the body isn't modern. The body is right. evolutionary. Let's, let's the body fake it. Fake it till it knows that it's living in its evolutionary path, which is daylight, nighttime, movement, foods that we used to eat, how we prepared them, uh, connection, face-to-face, uh, relationships, community. So when we start to allow our body to see that, it starts to get better. And, you know, listening to Terry Walls yesterday, it's exactly what she says, you know. She talked about all those beautiful aspects, not just food. Yeah. She, she looked at everything, and, and I love that approach. Um, I think it's – I just wonder what all the, the doctors who maybe were there for the first time were thinking, you know. <laughs> well, it, she, it was a what like thirteen hundred or something, or a couple thousand were in that room listening yeah. to her yesterday. Um, it is an all. It 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 definitely is. A, it's a lifestyle. It's a conscious lifestyle. And um, you know, your documentary, the work that you do at Changing Habits, which I have to tell you, the recipes that you guys crank out are amazing too. I don't know. I mean, there's especially. There are sometimes I look at the photos and I'm like, I just have to make that right now. And then you have a whole, I, it's like unbelievable. I don't know who does all your recipes, but you guys have some amazing, and they're not complicated. They don't look complicated. And then now, do you have to be in Australia to buy your products? Do you ship out of the country? Yeah, we ship to 35 countries around the world. Uh, wow. We um, and, and recipes are on Facebook. So people can go to the Facebook yeah. Changing Habits and, um, there's recipes there or they can go to the website and for America, but we do have a dot AU on the, on the back. So it's changing habits.com.au. There's lots of recipes on there. There's lots of blogs, there's yep. lots of information on there. Um, and you'll see a link to what's with wheat trailer as well, but you guys have got it on Netflix here in Australia. Only, I mean, sorry, in America, only in America, is it available or in North America, I believe Canada and North America. So it's only you that have got it so far. Australia doesn't mm-hmm. have it. <laughs> and yet it's well, it's, 
I've watched it more than once, and I recommend, and it seems like the people that I'm hearing talk about it, they watch it once, and then they invite others to watch it with them. So it's like one woman watched it, and then she made her whole family sit down. A friend of mine watched it, and then she had her friends come over, and they all watched it together. So it definitely is something that, you know, to me, it's, it's something that needs to be in a family's medicine cabinet. Replace the pills, put in what's with wheat. Yeah, I think I like that V. <laughs> it is. That's what I always tell people. We should have Dr. Wall's book in there, What's yeah. With Weed in there, Perlmutter's book in there, Grain Brain, like all of it, right? That's what should yep. be in our medicine cabinet. Because if you put those products in your medicine cabinet, then every, you don't need all the other stuff. No. But you know, V, I, I've got to say this, that a lot of people look at you when you say that they've got to give up weed, especially if they hear it for the first time, let's say they are diagnosed as a celiac. So they, okay. they have celiac disease and they're diagnosed at it. For them to change, it's really hard. And you're taking it to the street and going into people's homes is what they all want. They all want someone like you to come into their home and teach them how to do this. And um, one of the things that I did many years ago who would want me to come into their home and me to clean out their pantry, show them how to make the food. I need to have a Bachelor of Science majoring in nutrition with a, a dietetics degree in order to help people do this. You just have to understand the philosophy, the cultural perspective, and have a love for this type of thing in order to get out there and do it. And, but a lot of people like a piece of paper. And so what I've done at Changing Habits is I've created a 12-month nutrition course, online nutrition course, that teaches people about nutrition, the science behind nutrition, the whole, um, the, the understanding of the philosophy of vitalism, which is holism, and the philosophy of cultures and traditions and, and that whole anthropological space. So I've, I've done this whole 12-month course that people can do. Uh, and then... Um, People come for a weekend and we spend a weekend together. I spend it with my students and we go through how do you make this into a thriving business? How do you take it to the streets like you're doing, V? Because I've got to tell you, V, you've got 330 million people here. You're going to need to live for a long time to get to every single one of them. Right. So you need, yeah, that's why we need people like you helping other people learn how to do this. Yeah. Yeah, so if people are interested in looking at that, they yeah. just have to go to F for functional, N for nutritional, so FN.academy, and they will see the course and what we do, and we have people all over the world doing it, and we have people that come to that weekend with me on the beautiful Queensland Sunshine Coast in Australia from all over the world. We had a lady this year come from Korea so um, I want to come. Yeah, please come. It's, it's in February. <laughs> I want to come. Year. Yeah, we'd love to have you there. Yeah, you would. Oh, wow. you would be amazing there. I'd, I'd, I'd sorry, I'd get you up to say say a few words and tell them what you're doing. We have one of our graduates that's doing exactly what you're doing in Australia. She's taken it to the streets and she's in a motorhome with her husband and two children, and they're travelling around Australia. And she goes into communities where you know, nobody goes to teach these right. things, you know, and so she's doing what you're doing. I think it's, I think it's something that we've lost that 
knowledge and you're there to teach people how to do it. It's very rewarding work. And we're definitely going to have to have you back on our podcast because you and your husband already did this back in the day when yeah. you first wrote your book. So we're, I'm just learning from the best. <laughs> yeah, we did it in the year 2000. We did it for two years, traveling around Australia, going from community to community, teaching about changing habits, changing lives, which was the name of my book back then. Yeah. So, and I hear that you're freshening up your book for another launch, right? So that's coming yeah. down the pike. Yes, because the food industry keeps changing the right. bar. They keep changing, <laughs> you know, where everything is. Like their new latest thing really annoys me. Um, and it's their clean labeling uh, name for things. So you may see uh, MSG has changed its name to yeast extract, or you may see a preservative and it's changed its name to rosemary extract, or you may see a color is now called beta carotene. Now, well, beta carotene is a B vitamin, isn't it, Cindy? But when um, I, I have a friend who's a food chemist, and when he told me how beta carotene is made, um, and I can't remember the exact name of it, but it's from the petrochemical industry. Uh, he just, you know, he's a, he's a food scientist or a, um, a chemical engineer he is um, that has a conscience about um, real foods. And um, so he, he gives me all the secrets of how they're making these new food additives that, that they call clean labeling. Well, I can't wait for that update because we're all going to need that. That's yeah. going to be, you know, because even though I, you know, I say, and we all say, and we all believe that you should read the ingredients and know what each thing is. There's sometimes you read the ingredients and there's just that one thing that you're like, oh, it's only one thing. But mm -hmm. you know what, if you really know what that one thing is, it might change your perception. Um, mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. You know, MSG being yeast extract, you know, that if you're, Yeah. So we're all definitely anxiously awaiting that. And um, I just want to thank you for being my friend, for being here, for inspiring me. It's been several years now that we've known each other, and I'm just grateful that, um, that you know, I get to share, you know, my journey with people like you, Cindy. You're absolutely amazing. Yeah, oh, so phenomenal. Oh, thanks, Nikki. Uh, meeting V was just, um, such an experience. She just walked in with Dr. Terry Walls when we were interviewing her, and and that was it, wasn't it, V? We just yeah. remained friends on social media, and then we just happened to be in the same town at the same time. Um, so I was in uh, New Orleans last year, and V was there, so we caught up. I was in Tustin, uh, California, and you were there, and now I'm in LA, downtown LA. You're here. Yeah, and, and you know what the funny thing was that I was to fly to Boston on the fourth of this month, and like, I would have been there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that so funny? And when you were in in New Orleans, you were also there with somebody else that we respect and admire, Ron Finley. Yes. <laughs> another another gangster oh, gangster creating some big change. Yeah. So life takes us full circle. Well, I can't wait till we see each other again, which will be in Iowa. Where at Dr. Terry Wall's seminar, and there's going to be a screening of what's with wheat with a with a Q and A. So I'm really excited about that. Dr. Will Cole will be there. Daryl Edwards will be there. All people that, mm. um, again, are just huge game changing makers in this conscious world. And I just want to thank you, and I can't wait to hug you in just a few short months, Cindy. Likewise, V. And can you, um, so you can find uh, Changing Habits is everywhere. They're on Instagram, uh, 
Facebook. You can also uh, find their website. And then there's also the Changing Habits Farm, which I like following their Insta stories. Uh, the farm's pretty amazing as well. And we need to have you back so you can tell us all about the farm, the mm-hmm. courses, uh, your nomadic life. And um, so maybe we'll just schedule you again soon. Sounds good, V. I'd love to talk okay. to you and Nikki. I'm, I've really enjoyed um, being on here with you. Well, thank you for joining us and uh, enjoy the rest of your time in L.A. Thank you. Yeah, we love right. having you. Thank you, Nikki. Okay, everybody. Ciao, ciao. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.